heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. There's a lot to this Equality Act, uh, but like everything, it is absolutely politicized. So that's probably the big problem with all these things is they become people use them as agenda driven tools. And we, you know, you and I talk about that all the time out there. So we know that uh, there's always an underlying agenda to a lot of these things. Um, let me tell you up front here, interesting couple of points here, I, I think, I, you know, I question myself, where are Americans on this? Because people say, well, you know, it is 2021. Aren't we kind of over some of this thing? Uh, you know, uh, when people used to hold their sexual orientation, that we used to use the words in the closet, right? You've heard that a lot. Uh, well, that person came out of, and that was kind of a term we all knew as kids, you know, they came out of the closet or something like that. And uh, it became the term that we sort of knew at the water cooler, what that meant. But now, my fellow Americans, everything is out of the closet. In fact, uh, there's nothing sacred anymore in any of our lives. I mean, and that's technology. You can call it whatever you want. Some people call it progress. (laughs) Other people, not so much. But our lives are now all out there. We are exposed as kids on social media all the way forward. And it's a whole different world now than it was uh, certainly 20 years ago and even more 50 years ago, right? Uh, So uh, let me give you a couple of points here in context about this Equality Act so we can have this conversation today. Uh, And this is going to be an extraordinary program today. I can guarantee you uh, that much. We have two extraordinary uh, gentlemen coming on, two extraordinary voices and their stories. I'm really looking forward to learning from each of them and understanding uh, this conversation Uh, and and hope you will get a lot out of it. I, I really mean it. I mean, I just like to have these kinds of conversations where we do learn something and move the ball forward. I think today is one of those days, quite frankly. So I like the way Lawrence Korb in The Hill sums it up. He has, I think he nails it this way. Most Americans believe equality isn't a Republican or Democratic value, a liberal or conservative value, a straight or gay value. It's a core American value. And all Americans, whatever their differences, are entitled to the equal protections of the law. And you know what? I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. Absolutely. It is an American thing, and that's what, where we should be at. But, but now I, I want to get in more to a story and a gentleman I'd like to bring on and introduce you to. Um, and uh, one that has a very compelling story, and I'm... I'm Really anxious to bring it to all of us here and learn something myself from him. And this is George Carneal is here. George Carneal, and a very interesting gentleman. He's the author of a book that is entitled From Queer to Christ. And, and as I said to him just before we went live on the mic here, well, I'll tell you what, if that's any indication of your forthcoming and willingness to have a conversation, your title of the book puts it out there for sure. George, welcome to the Voice of a Nation. Thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate you having me on the show. 
I'm thrilled to have you here. And um, so uh, the setup I see, let me give people a couple of reference points here. You were raised by a Southern Baptist minister. Wow, that's interesting. And spent 25 years in the homosexual lifestyle is what you say here. Uh, and uh, now those are your words. Is that right, George? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Now, and, and I ask you first, when, and let me ask this, because I don't really know. When, you, when we use the word homosexual, is that the right word to use today? Or are people offended by that word? They're offended by everything. I don't care. They're offended <laughs> by the word queer. And there are people in the LGBTQ community who identify as queer. So uh, it's my book. I'll call it what I want. And I <laughs> will just use that verbiage, homosexual. And uh, I'm not a snowflake. So uh, yeah. we'll go with that. So you're, you're obviously, with everything you just said right there in the name of the book, you're trying to wake people up, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, but that's what I get out of that. Uh, and uh, interesting now, how to, so talk to me, let, let me go here when we talk about the, uh, was raised by a Southern Baptist minister. This was, is this your dad we're speaking of? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't assume that. So I ask, okay, uh, do, is your, um, what, talk, talk to me about that being raised with, as a son of a Southern Baptist minister, what, what your relationship was like then and now? Well, growing up in the 70s when you didn't have celebrities coming out of the closet and people certainly weren't talking about this agenda as they are today, it was a real struggle for me because I, I had no one to talk to. I didn't have the internet. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I was really bullied uh, relentlessly by my male peers and they would call me sissy, faggot, queer, and homo and all of that stuff. And I didn't even understand what the words meant, but I knew by the tone that it wasn't good. And then when I started to figure out what those words meant, I was confused as to how they knew something about me that I had yet to come to terms with myself. But when it comes to my father, because of the demands of his ministry, he wasn't always home a lot, but he was very strict, um, not only with me, but with all of my siblings. And I just didn't know how he would react to this issue. I knew by being around other mean-spirited Christians in the church and how they talked about faggots and homosexuals, I knew that I had, a, I had no safe place to talk about this with anyone. So I was left to be inside of my head as a child trying to process something so magnificent or overwhelming, I guess that's the word, in terms of an issue that I didn't understand and had yet to come to terms with. Uh, inevitably, obviously, the Sodom and Gomorrah will be brought up in churches. And I, I will admit, I hated my father when he would talk about it. Um, it just really hurt because I felt I was being condemned for something I didn't ask for and hadn't even really experimented with yet. Um, so it was a really confusing process. And I was I just absolutely feared what he would say or do if he found out that I was gay, because a lot of people don't understand that back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, it was a real fearful thing for someone to come out of the closet, especially to their parents, mm -hmm. because so many parents would react negatively and kick their kids out of the home. And in certain small towns, you could have your life destroyed. And there have been people who've been murdered simply because it was rumored or it was thought to be that they were homosexual. So there was a real fear uh, living with this as well. So it was a very difficult time for me. I will say that today, my father and I are very close. He's read the book. I was fearful of what he would say, even my own mother. But I think they were more saddened by the fact that they did not understand the magnitude of what I had gone through and wished I had been able to come and talk to them. But uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, that's it. Uh, how old were you when that conversation happened with your family? 
I came out to them, I think around 20 or 21, there was someone in a church who had found out who was going to expose me. So I needed to take that power away from them. So I shared it with my siblings as well. And, and my siblings and my mom, they responded positively. Uh, They loved me. And that's what counts. And my dad loves me too, but he obviously made it clear. I don't agree with it, but they never abused me and mistreated me, nor did Mm -hmm. they kick me out of the house. Yeah. All right. Interesting when you say your dad, uh, he, he, the way you say, well, he, he couldn't, um, uh, I mean, there's one thing if you accept it, acknowledge it or embrace it, I guess there are different terms of this thing aren't there, George, you know? Well, you can always disagree, agree to disagree, but you, sh- I, I want mm. Christian parents to understand kicking your child out of the house and reacting negatively is the worst thing you could do. And I will tell you why, because if, if you have that relationship to where they feel they can come and talk to you, that's what you want more than anything because it keeps the door of communication open. And that way you can understand what they are struggling with. And no matter what they tell you, just remain calm because it's nothing that God can't handle. But then you'll know how to pray for them because if you react negatively and push them into the life, I will tell you hands down, most LGBT individuals cut their family off. And there were four years where I didn't even speak to my father. That's how angry I was. So you want to keep your kids close and keep them in okay. church, hopefully, and pray for them. There is hope. Right, right. I like the way you phrase that and what you say there. But why the, the four years? Well, I still, you said 2021. How old were you when that conversation happened? Well, when I came out, it was around 20 or 21. But my father, he just didn't want to talk about it. It was kind of something you just swept under the rug. But, but how the old years, were you? How old were you? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant I was around 20 to 21 years of age. Oh, thank right you. So you're so you're about 2020 when your dad finds out. Yes. Okay. But we really didn't have a conversation. Just over the years, he kept bringing it up, and it just would really. Well, why did me he off. bring it up? I don't understand. Because he would always just try to, in a roundabout way, say, "Son, you know the life you're living isn't pleasing to God," and you know he would just kind of bring that up. And what I want parents to understand is when you hear a parent telling you that what, who you are, which it was my identity and to tell me that it's wrong. And that I've got to leave that life mm-hmm. was not only something that made me furious at him. It was like, he was stabbing me in the heart or stabbing me in the back mm-hmm. because I wasn't, it took me years to understand that my father was coming from a spiritual perspective. He didn't want me to die and go to hell. He wanted to have fellowship with me in heaven. All I could hear was I'm going to be old and alone and nobody to love me because we all want to love and be loved. And so I was as equally torn with wanting to love and be loved as much as I wanted to please God. And when you're told that you can't have both, that you must pick one, it is the most devastating thing to hear. And it would really just spiral me into a deep depression to the point of where I would just medicate with drugs and alcohol. And I had a sex addiction. I turned to prostitution. I attempted suicide. It was really a a tough battle. But Mm. thankfully, God was gracious and pulled me through it. Yeah. I mean, that is a journey that you just put out right there. So your point in reference to families who discover this with a child in whatever capacity, pushing them away pushes them towards these other dangerous lifestyles, correct? 
Absolutely. Because once you push them into that life, they will have no godly influence. And what I want the Christian community to understand mm -hmm. is what Hollywood and what the media are portraying is nothing like the reality of what that life is like. Mm -hmm. Once they go into that life, they are bombarded with drugs, alcohol, pornography, their sex addictions. There are so many battles that they are dealing with, not to mention the sexual, sexually transmitted diseases alone, not to mention that the danger of hooking up with strangers on the internet or Tinder or Grinder. I know so many people who've been murdered or have been assaulted as a result of that. Mm -hmm. It's a very dangerous life. Do not affirm this. With your family and with your dad in those four years and pushing you away, and I'm, I'm visualizing that, and, and that sounds pretty, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I should probably ask you, but that's not unusual for that to happen, is it? Not at all. No, I mean, and probably could go on a lot longer than four years, actually. Uh, but you were able to get to a point, I guess is what I'd say, where you're able to move it forward. All right. How do we, trying to connect the dots from, and let's go there now with the Christian community, because this becomes, again, the Christian conservative Republicans. There's this, there's this, um, uh, mantra out there that people think, oh, those people are against all of that or what have you. And then listening to your dad where they say, well, how, how do you conclude being accepted in the Christian community and being a gay man when your dad was having those struggles for all the reasons you said, how do we connect all of that and move the ball forward? Because a lot of Christians would say, well, but it's not acceptable because the relationship between a man and a woman and the Christian community doesn't embrace that. How do we conclude all of that? The sad thing is that so many Christians are embracing this lifestyle. They're being railroaded and steamrolled into accepting it or being risk being called a bigot, hateful, homophobe, racist, sexist, you name it. Christians have to get beyond that and get a thick skin. And I'll tell you why, okay. because for those of us who've come out of the life, if you will truly listen to our stories and they're all over YouTube, you will hear the pain and heartache and what the life is really like. And so with the agenda being pushed, especially in the public school systems now where they're teaching even kids in elementary school about anal and oral sex, masturbation and homosexuality, they have books with cartoons actually showing this. This is how pornographic it has gotten, but it's all under the guise of school materials. But understand, if you don't fight for these children now, their minds are going to be so warped and confused, especially if they decide to go the transgender route and think that they're in the wrong body. I wish Christians would understand the magnitude of the pain of what is happening and is going to happen if they go into that life or try to change their gender. That's a whole other show in and of itself of just the lies of the medical community who push that agenda. So it's important for Christians to stand up for the truth, get into God's word. And I will say in the back of my book, I take, I take all of the talking points of the LGBT activists and the liberal theologians who pushed the gay is okay were under grace narrative. And I debunk all of that with scripture. So when you are trying to witness to someone who's in that life, you can say, look, let me show you lovingly mm -hmm. what God's word has to say about that okay. and debunk it with scripture. But it's important for Christians to give that person hope. But let me also tell you how much God loves you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He has a plan for you. Mm -hmm. Jesus died on the cross for you. You really highlight how Jesus, God is not some faraway entity. He's very close. He's invested in them. That's 
clear by what Jesus did on the mm-hmm. cross. And we want them to know that God really does love them because most LGBT individuals have been ingrained to believe that God hates them and created AIDS to kill them. And we've got to undo that message wow. so they will know that Jesus, that there is hope in Christ. Wow, boy, that is a statement right there that, uh, wow, that's powerful if that's what they think, that God hates them and that HIV AIDS was made to, to kill the community. That's incredible. People really believe that, huh? Absolutely. I wow. believed it myself. And I, I it, I'm going to tell you, even after wow. God brought me out of that life, it was still a few years yeah. before I really got to the place of accepting that God loves me. That was even a battle in and of itself, because I never thought of God as an ally. And that's why I went into Hinduism and the New Age and occult teachings, because I was so desperate to try to get to God and have some brand or form of spirituality. But I hated Christians and I wanted to avoid the church. Right, right. Now, when you say that life, what do you mean by that life? Um, You mean by the homosexual life or going? Well, you said that life just a moment ago, and I'm trying to understand what are we talking about the Christian life or the the get what you said when it came out of that life? Oh, the homosexual lifestyle. And I started to go back into the church. Mm -hmm. It was really an adjustment for me because like I said, I hated Christians. And to me, the church was the lion's den. And this is what's so sad about this whole issue. Christians and especially pastors, and I encounter them. They don't, they want to keep their heads in the sand. They don't want to learn about this issue. They don't want to hear from those of us who've come out of the life, who could gladly show them how to witness to these individuals and give them hope. So they want to complain about the homosexuals, but then when they leave that life and walk into Mm -hmm. the church they don't want to pour love into these individuals and walk with them on this journey because what the christian community needs to understand is that once we leave that life we are enemy number one to the lgbt activists because our message then goes against their message that you can't change and we're saying that with god all things are possible especially the transforming of the mind yeah all right so Back to God's word. You mentioned scripture, back of the book, so on and so forth. Okay. And I like the way you, what you're really talking about now is using real world uh, knowledge and data points to prove a point. So how do you answer back to somebody who says, well, God's word is that a relationship between a man and a woman and not uh, back to and back to the illusion of what you just said uh, that, well, God may even hate gay people and created HIV AIDS. A lot of people believe. How do we reconcile that? What's God's word back to say, no, I love all people and that gay people are also part of, I mean, back to the relationships of man and woman versus man and man or woman and woman. How do we reconcile that in the Christian community, please? That's a, I don't know the answer to that. Is there an answer? Whenever I speak at churches or conferences or even to my LGBT friends, those who still talk to me because I've lost most of them, I always drive home this fact. Most LGBT individuals, at least for me, I hesitated to read God's word because I felt it was another place of condemnation. And I had had enough of that from society, from Christians, from peers, etc. What I say to LGBT individuals is that, yes, God has a design in terms of the man and woman. But so they will understand that God is not unjustly picking on the homosexual community. He also has guidelines for the heterosexual community. So, yes, a man and woman should get married before they are intimate and have their family, of course. They are not allowed to have sex outside of marriage or to have adultery or just to shack up and live together. So I let the LGBT individuals know that God is not unjustly picking 
picking on the LGBT community, and he doesn't have an axe to grind with the LGBT community. God hates the sin. It's the sin issue, the sin of homosexuals and heterosexuals, but that he loves us. And so it's when you try to bring balance to that, usually they'll let their guard down and realize, okay, God's not... <laughs> attacking me and then i try to take it from there and but what if a christian said back well but that sin is a man and a man together a woman and a woman together is sin what do you say there well so is sitting in the church and gossiping and tearing down people (laughs) and idolatry and witchcraft and everything else you know i i I don't understand christians Mm. uh who have relegated homosexuality to Mm. the worst of all sins list please show me in the bible where that says Mm. that it doesn't Mm -hmm. God loves everybody. There is hope for the the murderer on death row, the homosexual, the woman or the man in pornography who are actually participating in pornography and so many other issues. The woman who's had an abortion, God's love, his redemption is available for all. Sin is sin and deliverance is deliverance. And as long as that person is breathing, there is hope for that individual. Don't ever give up on that individual. I will hear pastors say, well, they're or, or Christians say they're too far gone. No, they're not too far gone. If they're breathing, there is still hope. Amen. Hallelujah to that. Boy, that is that is some testimony right there, I have to tell you. Just want to sit and raise your hand and say hallelujah. Amen. Uh, yeah, that is, that is perfect. Thank you for saying that. Um, and, you know, that should, there is, everyone should have that hope and, and be able to grab onto that hope. Absolutely. And, you know, this is how we would avoid uh, so many suicides and depression and uh, being outcasted and what have you. Uh, so I, I got to ask you something else as we peel this, because so much more to talk to you about. And it, But to get over to this hump, and I want to move on with so many other things, George. Um, this... Um, this concept, you're, I mean, today, when we talk about coming out of that community and we talk about the Christian community, I mean, t- today, as it speaks now, if we tell listeners uh, in with everything you've been through, are you still a gay man today or are you heterosexual? What, what, how do you fall today? Um, I, I struggle with a same-sex attraction, but let me clarify. I have no desire to go and sleep with a man. God has taken that oh. grip of, of that away. But what I want Christians to understand is that you don't identify as a homosexual for 25 years and just easily walk out of a life. What uh, Christians need to understand for anyone who has come out of bondage, we are broken and we are hurting and we are damaged goods and we need a time of healing and restoration. And for me, God has really taken me on a journey through counseling and through so many other things that he has been doing in my life to bring me a healing from what really stemmed from childhood issues of of trauma, shame, rejection. You know, so many uh, people come through incest, rape, bullying, and so many other things. Be patient with these people. If it is God's will down the road that I get married to a woman, that's fine. But right now I'm not concerned about my identity or being with anyone. My identity is in Christ and that's all that matters. And, you know, the apostle Paul does uh, speak about being single and Jesus was single and celibate. So to me, there's nothing deficient about someone who wants to just simply walk on a path with our good Lord above and just see where he takes us. And that's the journey that I'm on. Oh, wow. Thank you, George. I did not know that. And that was an important point to clarify right here on this program. Thank you. So you're not in any relationship right now. None. Correct. Yeah. And I want them to know there are some who've left the life and who have successfully gone on to marry someone of the opposite sex and they've had right. children. Right. But for me, I had a lot of damage and a lot of wounds mm. that needed to be uh, healed. 
Mm. Yeah, I was wondering when, and the way you kept referencing the community, that's what I was wondering. I didn't know that if you were still referenced as a gay man or not. So let me ask you something else before we leave this, because I'm learning a lot here. And I hear this argument from time to time, George, about, and it is an argument, a debate that people are either born this way or they're not born this way, or it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a lifestyle you pick up over time and the way we're censoring society and the way it's become acceptable in society. Of course, this opens up a lot of conversation you and I will have just ahead. But this whole notion of whether you're born with it or not, you're, you're, help me please understand that as a human being. What's your thoughts on that? Well, that is a lie that is often propagated in the LGBT community or you're, you're born that way. And I used to believe that lie, but I believe we are born with the sin nature. But even if we were, see, I don't believe that God would condemn homosexuality and then create somebody to be a homosexual. That's not the loving God that I know and serve. I believe ours could be a, a, a combination of maybe it's a generational curse or because we live in a sinful fallen world. We don't know what sends anyone on whatever path it is due to the shame and trauma, the rejection and the childhood wounds. Mm -hmm. So we all may act out in overeating or over shopping or sex, drugs, alcohol, pornography, or homosexuality. But for me, I don't believe God created me that way. And even with whatever it is that we deal with, God still makes it clear that you or even, I think it was Paul in Romans when it says such as some of, of you. So it shows that change is possible and we need to allow God to do the transfer forming and the in the renewing of our mind sorry i'm trying to recall scripture yeah while i'm yeah. saying that and so i'm a little i'm blinking yeah do you may i ask you as well so we we can conclude these thoughts here do you um have you dated women i did try in school um okay i just didn't feel for them the way that i felt about men i didn't understand why my attraction to men was so much stronger george why were, why do you think that was let me stop you right there why because that's a big piece of, why do you think that was I'll tell you what I really think it is, is I was smothered by female love when I was a kid. I, mm. The girls in school accepted me. I was close to my sister, my mom, my grandmother. I mean, I really was, my gas tank was full on female love. But when it came to my father, who was gone, obviously, due to the demands of his ministry, and my male peers in school rejecting me for 12 years, I was so deficient in male bonding. Mm. So when I went into a gay bar, imagine you walk in and men start looking at you differently and treating you differently. I became addicted to that life. And what I've had to learn leaving that life now is how to bond with Christian men, because it's the first time that I've been around men where there isn't the possibility for sex. So God has even had to do a deprogramming into teaching me what is it like to be a man and to be a Christian man and to fellowship with Christian men. And thank God I've got some really good men and pastors in my life who they they're so secure with themselves they know my story but they'll still give me a good old big bear hug and they treat me like anybody else and it's really just nice to have that bonding so i think it was really male deficiency wow is that in your book i'm gonna guess yes, it i is. talk about all of this and, and so your father read all that and i wonder how he internalized that information there well <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say too much. Um, mm. He's obviously apologized for whatever he felt he may have failed as a kid or as a parent. But you know what? As I've gotten older and I realize how stupid I was in my 20s and 30s, I have given a lot of grace to my mother and father for trying to raise four kids in their 20s and 30s. 30, so uh, the forgiveness has been extended. I don't harbor okay. any resentment. And, and do you rate your relationship now with your, your dad? And a, is your dad and mom still together? 
They're not still together. They are okay. divorced. Right? Okay. So your 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 dad, do you, do you rate your relationship with him in a super positive way or just getting by? Oh, it's super positive. We have a gr- we have a really a great relationship. People who knew me as a kid and knew our relationship then to where we are wow. now are in disbelief, but God right. really brought about a healing yeah. that needed. And uh, I will I want to say this real quickly if you don't mind. I want parents to understand if you have kids who are in the life and your prayers don't seem to be answered be patient. I'm going to tell you why. The reason why after 4 years my father and I started talking was that one night I was getting ready to a commit suicide again. And my father just called me out of the blue on that night. Don't think that the Holy Spirit is never working. If you feel impressed to call your child, even if they're not talking to you, if they're angry with you, reach out to them. You just don't know at that very moment, they may be at a low place. And again, I was ready to commit suicide. I was so tired of that life. Mm -hmm. uh, How many times were you ready to commit suicide? Oh, I thought about suicide as much as I thought about what I was going to eat each day. And that's not being dramatic. I literally would spend mornings crying. I would drive to work and cry. I'd do my job and then I'd get back in the car and cry all the way home. I was just depressed and suicidal all of the time. I thought about it all the time. It's such a miserable life. Yeah. And I bet today, George, I'm, I'm guessing, looking at everything here, face up, I bet today your father... The, the, the Southern Baptist minister, I bet you he's very proud of you. Yes, he is. Yeah. Very supportive. Yeah, I, I would imagine that's the case there. But we're talking to George Carneal here, George Carneal. He's the author of a book which will be in the America Out Loud bookstore as you hear this, From Queer to Christ. In fact, that book we will have on the front page of America Out Loud. You can get that book as well and find out more. Now, not that we're here to sell books, that's not the point, but if you like the reference of that story and you wanna read more, uh, certainly that's where to get it from. I think George is here for other reasons. I don't think it's to sell books. I, I think it's for a whole lot of other reasons and getting the, uh, the God's honest truth out there. And my, and my fellow Americans, you don't have to be religious to get God's honest truth out there. That's not what we're talking about here. And I, I don't like it when we're jamming things down people's throats, whatever it may be. Uh, and, you know, I, I think America has got to be bigger than that. And the conversation has to be bigger than that. And the diversity of thought and opinion is bigger than that, for sure. Uh, what I'm thinking now where we need to talk to George next about is what's happening in society right now where we're losing our grip. Now that I have a better understanding, as you do, about George and his life, I mean, obviously, he's someone who is on a mission And think about all the good he's doing right now in the world. Think about that. And think about the fact that he almost wasn't going to be here. Because when you think about suicide that much, I mean, it just takes that one time. And I know this because I personally had a friend who took herself out and committed suicide. Somebody I just adored as a dear friend. And she killed herself. And uh, in fact, she actually was on the network here when we launched America Out Loud. And uh, I still can't understand to this day why she did that. Suicide is, is, it's not, uh, there are things we didn't even know about her, about Kelly, as to why that had happened. Um, And we don't really know. You know, this whole thing about judging people and walking, until you walk into somebody's shoes and really understand, why why do we judge people? Why why do we think we're better than someone to be able to judge somebody? I I don't really understand where, where that comes from. It's wrong on every level. You know, we should all accept people for who we are and what we are and move forward. It's not, you know, it's, 
Everybody has their own business, their own mantra. It's not for us to judge all of that. Hell, we can't even handle our own lives. Do you think we should handle somebody else's life? I don't think so. I think until we think we can walk on water and get it perfectly across the, the pond, then I think maybe we should zip it up. Maybe that's the lesson we take from all of this, you know? But then the problem with all that is what's happening in society right now. Well, you know, I mean, George referenced some of that just a bit ago. They're pushing an agenda out there, people. I mean, there's an agenda happening with the kids today. And that's why I asked them that question, which is a, always a strange question. Like, are you are people born with this kind of thing? Or is this something, you know, just a disease you pick up in the park or what have you? know, I mean, George knew where I was going. I mean, you know, exactly. But, you know, you, it's, a, it's a challenging question. But... You know, the, the, it's an arguable point you hear a lot today on. And, uh, you know, we're seeing this agenda being pushed, indoctrination of our children. The whole transgender thing is off the walls and, uh, you know, multi-gender bathrooms and all kinds of stuff. And, and you know, not everybody's heart and soul is pure. Uh, sadly, the world is full of evil. And that's part of the fight we have here all the time. But it is a fight. And all these things kind of go down a murky road at that point and you have to and it's where it becomes a question so now you have to look because right now you could almost argue the point when it comes to the lgbtq community and it comes to trans and it comes to all of this which is part of that community of course all of it and you could say well i mean it's like an epidemic right now and i i don't know is it an epidemic i don't I, i'll ask george that do you do you out there think it's an epidemic I mean, it, it seems to, you know, and but then there's a lot of folks and I have someone that I know very well who feels like they need to be accepted more. I just got, in fact, something I want to talk to George about and get his opinion on. In fact, I'm, I'm going to do this live because I haven't talked about someone sent me an article just recently. One of our folks on the team who, who is a, a lesbian and um, and it has not been published yet. And I, I want to get his thoughts on this. Uh, actually, I should do, I, you know, I just decided I'm going to do this. I want to do it live with George and get his opinion because I don't really know if I, it, it, you know, if we should or not. I, I don't know. Let's talk about it. Wow. There's a lot to learn on this. I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's a great conversation. I appreciate George Carneal being here. We're going to pick it up again just after the pause, my friends, on Voice of the Nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. While the cancel culture is determined to destroy our history, bringing violence and terror to city streets, America Out Loud will enhance its own message of love and honor 
for the American traditions and constitutional values that have always been the backbone of what America means. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Welcome back to the program here. It is Malcolm Out Loud, and uh, we we are we are talking here with George Carneal and and talking about uh, a lot of things. I mean, starting with the equality, but the LGBTQ community as well, and and what goes on in this jump of where the Christian community is uh, within uh, our faith within these conversations we're having at the water cooler for sure. Um, there's so many, uh, you know, factors to this conversation and different segments to go into. I mean, your head begins to truly, truly spin when you think about it. And I've referenced that article I do want to talk about and get his opinion on here. <clears throat> but, you know, we, we've kind of come down a journey at this point here. And and it seems to me, George, uh, that uh, this whole concept of... Um, push acceptance let me use the word acceptance and I, I this is a big part of the conversation that i'd really like to have with you so okay there's a need for acceptance as you say we all want to be loved we all want to be accepted i get that now for me personally in my life george let me just say to you i've never judged somebody for any of it whether it's a skin color whether it's a gender man and woman whether it's gay or straight i i just don't get the kind the, 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 i don't get the argument i don't understand it never have in all my life but I know it's an argument that people have at the water cooler every day. People don't rise above this. Hopefully I can, you know, put a spotlight out here for people to rise above this nonsense. But I get the sense we're being politicized now. And I started with the Equality Act. And I'd like to talk to you about what are they up to in Washington right now with all of this? But more so, what are they up into the schools right now? What are we trying to accomplish? And George, here's the bigger problem before I talk about that article. Why is everything trying to be normalized today? And if it is normalized, why are they demanding that you accept their life? And if you don't, you're this, 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 and this. Well, that's called hypocrisy <laughs> because while they are screaming for their own equality and demanding to be respected, as you will know, as many of you who are awake will know, now it's it's really wrong to be Christian or white or even a man. They're anti-family, anti-the uh, unborn children, anti-America. It's just hypocritical and laughable to me how they demand equality and respect, but they continually try to silence Christians and, and really just put down other groups in the process. And that's what keeps the division going in this country. I, 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 this is not to really say anything about the Republican side, but I have to speak from the standpoint of when you look at the policies from the Democrat Party, if you are upset with what's going on this, in this country, you know, men being able to participate in women's sports, um, this, the LGBT agenda, the sex ed curriculum in the schools and what have you, if you vote Democrat, you have no one to blame but yourself. They are the ones who are pushing the policies, not the Republican. Although we do have some rhinos in the Republican Party who will not stand up for this, and they kowtow to it as well. But we really need an overhaul in the Congress and Senate, and um, it's not going to stop until they silence Christians. I do want 
Christians to understand. If you think that sitting on the bench and warming it and doing nothing, that you're not supposed to get involved, that you're not even registered to vote and that you're not out getting the votes, getting on the school board system, uh, the the board in order to stop the agenda that's being pushed in the school system or running for local city, county, state government positions until Christians get involved. If this is going to continue. And I want to tell you real quickly, there are laws that are already passed in other parts of the world where Christians are, and even parents, if your child wants to transition to another gender and you say no, they will arrest you or remove that child from the home. Mm -hmm. There are some countries where if you make, if you post something or tweet something that's negative about Islam or the LGBT community, the SWAT team will show up on the door and they will arrest you. Don't think it's not going to happen here in America, but I also want you to know that everything that is um, subversive, things that is against God's word, it will eventually be put under the LGBT umbrella in order to silence Christians. Because right now, pedophilia is going to be the next big push, as well as polygamy and polyamory. And polyamory is where you may have three or four men living with a woman, and they all have a relationship with her, and they raise children together. I mean, this is what it's going to come to. And if you don't believe me, there's an organization called NAMBLA. It's North mm-hmm. American yep. Man-Boy Love yep. Association. And I've even heard women and people in government who are pushing for uh, lowering the age of consent for men and women to have sex with young boys and girls. It's going to come. If Christians don't wake up and get off their rear ends and start fighting back, this country is doomed and our kids are going to be destroyed. Are you going to be able to look at your children and your grandchildren and be able to say to them, I honestly tried to fight for you? And that's the question you have to ask yourself. Are you more worried about offending people than you are God? I don't want to stand before God and have him judge me and, um, harshly for not being bold and speaking out this stuff that is so wicked and goes against everything he stands for. Yeah, what's happening is it's a slow creep in society, uh, George. You're exactly right. The slow creep, the frog in the pot, here we are. Uh, in other words, you're going to accept this, and we jam that. I say, you're going to accept this, and you're going to take it, and you're going to take and And like you say, and then soon enough, they're going to be arresting you at the home because of X, Y, or Z. Uh, and there are a lot of hostile countries out there. You're exactly right, and hostile communities where they literally throw gay people off the roofs. Uh, And we we know this is happening. We've reported on it many times in in various communities in the Middle East and others. Uh, They do it for sport of it. But again, as I say to people out there all the time, George, uh, there are a lot of folks, they they don't understand the value of life, the sanctity of life. You know, and I, I, talk about all the time just did a program yesterday on China they, they don't they don't value human life in China anymore they do in the uh, in the radical Islam community you know I mean they don't value life at all uh, so that is what it is you're talking about all of these things now becoming sort of normal and acceptable if if they don't push back now what you just shared with folks too by the way and I'm glad you did but I, I don't think listen is even new because I had an ask to that up front and, and I really didn't know prior to today either, but very cool either way, that you where you fell politically, you know, where you fell in their line. I really honestly didn't didn't know inviting you on here. I don't I don't have a prerequisite where we come down a list and say, well, you know, you gotta fit this particular image to be able to show and be on the voice of a nation, America Out Loud Talk Radio, you know, at all. Right. Is that right or wrong? We didn't qualify all that with you, right? Correct. And I just want to say I used to be a liberal, but I will tell you, and people may not know this, there are a lot of fair-minded 
gay and lesbians within the LGBT community who are disgusted with this agenda as well. They want the kids to be left alone. There's even a drag queen who came out and said, why on earth would you want to bring your kids to a show with adult men dressed as women where they talk about sex and other stuff? These are shows where you don't want your kids, Mm -hmm. you don't want your children to be pride parades. So believe me, there are LG, there are gays and lesbians who are dumbfounded at parents who support this agenda and bring their their kids to these events. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It is very disgusting in what you're putting out there and the fact that this is again becoming, uh, you know, uh, well, whatever, recognizable behavior. It's become an acceptable behavior. And if you don't accept it, as you just said, they call you out. Now, let's talk about what they're up to because, you know, the thing, George, is let's keep it real. And you just said, well, at one point I was a liberal there, but now uh, you're obviously more conservative minded in your life and your politics and what have you. You know, the Republican Party has been branded as the uh, undiversified party, as the party that doesn't care about women's rights and doesn't care about all the family values and the way that you played out, doesn't care about black American rights, doesn't care about gay rights. Now, the left, who has now been totally swimming with the Marxist left, I mean, they're the, the again, the, the JFK party long gone. Now you've got this infiltration that has taken the party over. And now, George, we can all feel a weirdness in our country right now. I mean, I, I think I can have this conversation with you now based on everything you've said, but uh, there's a real weirdness out there. People feel in our country, things don't feel quite normal. And I don't, not to make fun of that word, it could mean, but they don't, Something's happening in our republic. What is it, George? What's going on? I'm glad you mentioned that. The com- the Democrat Party is a party of communist Marxist socialists. If you want to live as a slave, good luck. I have seen people on social media from other countries who live under communist socialist countries, mm-hmm. regimes, who have actually said that what is happening in our country is exactly what happened in their country prior to them falling to communism, Marxism, and socialism. And they are warning. They are absolutely lovers of Trump because they understand how, how dire it is at this moment. And I want the Christian community to understand there are so many Hispanics and black Americans as well who are supportive of Trump, but the media will not highlight their stories. It's always the racist white people who support Trump until Americans wake up and realize our mainstream media, they are nothing but propaganda machines. We've got to start turning that off, start seeking alternative news sources aside from what the mainstream media is telling you. You're not going to get the truth from them. No, no, you're never getting the truth. That's the biggest story coming out of this era. I tell listeners all the time is the media and the social media oligarchs and all of that. You know, George, you this is so exciting to talk to you today. And you are a terrific representative for the white male community. I got to tell you right now, you're a terrific. Has anybody told you that recently? Uh, no, but it's nice to hear. But thank well, you. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're a terrific representative for the white male community to stand up and say, you know what, we've had enough of that and we're not going to have it anymore. And, you know, and, and you put it out there very well for people to understand and grab onto, to, to truly, uh, you know, embrace what we're speaking about. I, I got to ask you, I want to get, I don't, well, we're going to have to have you come back, obviously, many times. I mean, I, I feel like uh, you, your voice needs to be heard in so many ways. I got to talk to you about this article. I need your opinion, but it falls into the bigger conversation we're having as well, George. And all right, there's a need 
and I've really never understood this, and I think you'll be the right one to speak about this and probably help me better understand, but all right. There's a need for a lot of people in the gay community to want to be what they call accepted, accepted behavior. Now, I've never in my life ran around telling people to accept my behavior, whatever the hell it is, or to hold people responsible for my behavior, George, or to say, well, I need you to accept this because I am this or I am that or, you know, I, I'm a whatever it is. I'm a, white I'm a radio guy. I'm a freak of nature. I'm a white head, you know. Whatever it is that, I mean, I, I don't, but yet there's this need that people, and they want you, and it's like, okay, we, we want those rainbow flags everywhere. And if you don't accept that, then you're this, you're a, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a homophobic, uh, if you don't accept all of that. And we want that on major corporations, we want it in brands, we want it on our sneakers, we want everything, and you're going to accept it, and the kids are going to accept it, and they're going to accept the trans stuff. And we're going to have them in the library, the trans people to be, like you said, the indoctrination of the schools, all of that. All right. Now I get an, I get one, I, I, I get an article in that has not been published to this point. And, uh, and let me just tell you, it was entitled, put down your rainbow hammers and stop looking for nails. And this is from the, someone in the gay community, someone who I, I really like and respect, um, who is, uh, happens to be a lesbian woman, uh, ha happily married for many, many years, has great life. And, and I think she's terrific. Uh, always have thought that about her. Uh, now, she doesn't need my endorsement any more than I ask her for, you know, to endorse me in my life. The fact that I happen to like women or the, the fact that I happen to do this or that or I happen to be six feet one or I happen to be a loud mouth. I don't have to I don't have to accept any of that. I don't ask her. I don't ask anybody. You know, it is what it is. And so here's here's I want to read you this here phrase in this article. And and she doesn't think there's enough happening out there of acceptance at this point in time in 2021. And so here's, here's a piece of the article I want to read to you. She said, I'm talking about all the fur over the so-called rainbow washing. Yup, it seems a growing number of people from the rainbow community are using this month, being June Pride, as an opportunity to go all guns a-blazing at the big brands who are standing in solidarity with us. Well, they're accusing all those big brands of profiting from pride. Well, for me, she says, that slapdown is a short-sighted shot in the foot and displays a very clear lack of understanding about how the world of business works. So, she says, go back a few years for a bit of perspective. Publicly supporting LGBTQ plus equality is huge for any brand. That rainbow banner stands as a really powerful message to the all far right, right haters. I emphasize right because she brings this up a few times. Back to what I say, how they painted that whole group with a paintbrush. Here it is right here, George. Mm -hmm. That rainbow banner stands as a really powerful message to all the far right haters and homophobic shoppers, to those who use religion to excuse discrimination, to those who disown or don't support their LGBTQ plus kids, et cetera, kids now, et cetera, et cetera. For me, any major body making a huge statement that essentially says it's okay to be gay or bi trans, non-binary, queer, et cetera, is a benefit to the LGBTQ plus community. The more we normalize being LGBTQ, which is really the whole game plan, I guess, here, including major brands displaying the rainbow pride, a month flag everywhere they can, the more the one tenets of homophobia and anti-gay religious indoctrination crumble. 
Could some of these brands do more? Sure. That's why we lobby for it. If there are, and if any are genuinely responsible for human rights violations, then yes, we call them out. They'll be the exception, though, not the rule. And she ends at this piece here. At this point, I'm going to plant my feet and say I make no apology to any reader currently choking on their outdated biblical rhetoric and going all gung-ho against all things gay. Now, this has not been published yet. Speak to me about what I just read to you, please. Oh, a lot's going in <laughs> through my mind. Uh, first of all, you know, Malcolm, that this is really a spiritual issue. They're going to continue to push this. We understand it's a spiritual warfare and the enemy is going after the kids. And parents have got to start standing up to this and stop being cowards and start protecting your children. That's number one. Number two, there's nothing that anyone or any corporation can do to ever appease the left. They are nuts. It's never going to be enough. And they will complain that it's because of the Christians not accepting it that we're miserable. So you could kill every Christian, destroy every Bible, eradicate all religions if you would like. What they fail to understand is, is that you are miserable because you are doing something that God deems wicked. And he's not going to give you peace in a lifestyle that it goes against what his design is. So they fail to understand that your unhappiness has nothing to do with Christians or religious people or somebody not accepting it. It has to do with a life that you are leading and with God. Today, more than ever, LGBT individuals have more rights than ever. They have protections more than white people and straight people and married couples and everybody else. But yet it is not enough. Really, the end of it the end goal is just to steamroll anybody who is against the agenda. We will annihilate you and destroy you. And they just want to control everything and get on board or else we'll destroy you. I mean, that's really the bottom line. It is the bottom line. Uh, and they're doing, are they not doing that same thing to black America? Oh, absolutely. This is what's so funny, though. There are so many, you know, the LGBT community will say we're such a caring, loving, inclusive, respectful community but they're not they are such two-faced hypocrites i know so many gays and lesbians who support trump and they have even told me it was amazing how they turned on me because i didn't think like them and these are people who aren't even religious mm -hmm. so if you give your life to christ or if you support trump the lgbt community will try and eat you alive they are that intolerant they are more intolerant than the christians that they rail against it's such hypocrisy but yeah. a lot of the lgbt individuals are waking up and they are actually posting it on social media. I'm seeing it. And plus, I hear from LGBT individuals from all over the world who are so miserable. And they thank me for speaking the truth. George, why do the why does the Republican brand of conservatism? Why do they why do they market so horribly bad? Well, it's because we have a bunch of lazy people in this country who won't bother to study history. If they actually studied history, they would see that it was always the Democrat Party that was the party of the KKK. They I've always been especially um, down on the black community. And let me explain what well, I can't seem to get through some of my black liberal friends heads is this. They'll support Hillary Clinton, but Hillary has admitted she's a huge admirer and has great respect for Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger was the founder of Planned Parenthood. It, she actually admitted our goal is to put abortion clinics in black neighborhoods so we can eradicate 
black babies and eradicate black families. If they would look at what the Democrat Party does in terms of getting black people on uh, assistance, because once they get them on assistance, they can control them and say, now you either do what we want you to do and vote for us or we will remove or uh, or take away your welfare or whatever it is that you're yep. getting from the government. And what I can't seem to get black liberals to understand is that the Democrat Party does not like you. They hate you. They use you. They only pander to you every four years when they need your votes. Yeah. I mean, that you can't say any better than you just said. This Equality Act, real quickly here, this Equality Act that Pelosi and the House pushing forward, what's your summation of it, please? Uh, what was that? One more. Can you repeat that one more time, please? This Equality Act that the mm -hmm. House of Representatives and Pelosi is pushing through here, uh, what is your summation of that Equality Act? I hope that the Congress and Senate will veto that and push Nancy out the front door. She's just uh, she's just vile. I'm telling you, it is disgusting what is going on and with the leaders who are doing the things that they're doing. They don't care about the kids. They don't care about Americans. They don't care about our vets or the elderly people who are living on limited income and they can't even afford medications. But we will roll out the red carpet for every illegal person that comes across the border. I'm sick of it. Americans are sick of it. And it's time that we just get some backbone and start fighting back. If they call you a name, who cares? I get called mentally ill. I'm a self-loathing homosexual. I'm told to kill myself. I've heard it all. I don't care. I'm not going to shut up. Understand, if we allow this country to be taken over by communism, this is not a thing that you can vote yourself out of. You're going to have to fight your way out of it. That's why Christians need to get registered to vote. Stop sending in your ballots because they don't. We've seen the fraud, obviously. Get your rear ends to the voting booths, and we've got to start getting politically active, and we've got to take this country back. Amen. Uh, that is George Outloud. I mean, George Carneal. Uh, pretty close to that, though. Boy, I'll tell you what. I, ah, what, what a, what a program this was. I, I surpassed, I, I had pretty high expectations coming in, but actually surpassed them. I mean, George is incredible. I mean, he is powerful, powerful testimony, so well-spoken. You, you feel like somebody like this, you can do so much with. He's a great spokesman, as I say, for a lot of the things that ail us that he just spoke about. And he can, he can speak about them in real terms. I mean, and I like that. So he's not pretentious. He's not artificial about the conversation. He's real. You can hear it. You can. That's the beautiful thing I love about radio is you can't hide your authenticity. You either are or you're not. And George Carneal is real. And you just hear him right there. Obviously, somebody we need to have back uh, many times over. Uh, but what an extraordinary conversation. Now, his website is uh, georgecarneal.com. Uh, Carneal is very easy to spell. Carneal, C-A-R-N-E-A-L. Okay, georgecarneal.com. Uh, the book, get it right in the America Out Loud bookstore. We'll have the links to go right to it all. It'll be on the front page, From Queer to Christ. Obviously, it's got to be an incredible read, listening to him talk here right now. He's not afraid to put it out there. He he'll, he puts it all on his sleeve. If you like it, great. If you don't, well, too bad, so sad. Kind of sounds like somebody else I know, you think? <laughs> and uh, so that was uh, George Outloud Carneal. Uh, what an incredible voice and uh, conversation. Uh you know, a powerful program today. Uh, I like doing these. Uh, it's a privilege for me to be able to bring these great voices in this conversation uh, to the airwaves. It truly, truly is so much better than just to talk about the buffoons in Washington, but to talk about real people who understand what's going on out there. 
have another very similar gentleman coming up next. Uh, very anxious for you to meet. And this gentleman's a little different story. I, I believe he went through the uh, trans uh, lifestyle to be trans, uh, uh, the trans style, I guess we call it, uh, a transformation, if you will. And uh, a lot more to that we'll talk about with this gentleman coming up next. Anxious to learn from him as well. Uh, we'll continue on with our two here on The Voice of the Nation just after this. The heart and soul of a nation beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Hell, what what are the political operatives really up to, right? I mean, you know, like we say, they pretty much always have an agenda. And what is that agenda exactly? Uh, and, and you have to question that when you, we talk about this Equality Act. Now, right now, that Equality Act, by the way, is in the Senate. Uh, will come up for a vote sometime here this summer. Uh, right now, they're, you know, as they always go back and forth with the language. The House has approved it already. Uh, the question is, what does it mean to everybody? And, uh, and where are we headed as a society more so? Uh, what does this do to our upcoming generations? Uh, how do we take this full forward, people, is the bigger question to ask here. Uh, I'd like you to meet another gentleman now. I'm thrilled to have on here, uh, really, and this is David Arthur will join us on the program here. And I want to tell you just a little bit about David here, and then we'll hear from him himself. Now, David lived as a transgender woman for 20 years, so that gives you some perspective right there. He, he did not finish and complete the surgical transformation required for that. We'll find out more about that. He, he Today, when we speak to him, he is a gay man. Uh, he, he feels uh, in part of the passion of his outreach and his uh, speak out on this is that he thinks a lot of political operatives on the left specifically, from what I understand, are going too far uh, pursuing this LGBTQ community. In other words, uh, to frame that up, is uh, you know, they're using it as a tool. And a lot of people believe that is the case. Uh, so when we hear someone like David come out and speak about that, just as we were talking to George earlier on the program, we have a better sense of things. There's also another underlying piece to this next story, and that is all of the horrific elements that come with this lifestyle. And, you know, David, uh, again, almost he, he could be dead. I mean, he was on his deathbed 11 years ago. He's another one that has uh, really lived on the edge. Uh, and that was as a young man at 37 years old, almost lost his life. He's been HIV positive, by the way, since 14 years old. Uh, he also has a book out as an author, Refined, Revisited, and Revised. I like that. Understanding Same-Sex Attraction. And, and I think that's a good place to start there because we all want to really understand that. Uh, David, welcome to the Voice of a Nation. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, having me. 
<laughs> it, it is an absolute pleasure of mine, uh, my friend, to have you here with us and to, to tell the story and help us understand more so of where we're headed as a society more so, because there are a lot of strange things happening in the Republic these days. Uh, and let's see how we can do this. Now, your life uh, and part of part of your uh, talking points or reading that I've read here, and, and let me touch on that first, because we don't want to undersell what you've been through already, David, uh, because, you know, it's, part of what I read here is a suicide, a molestation, a life doomed and littered with drugs, alcohol, prostitution, and even murder. Uh, mm. that, that is one setup, I, I will tell you, for this. Uh, you talk about darkness and death and what you've been through and all that, and then the redemption that you have, because again, faith is the underlying piece to today's program as well, because you've also, faith is what has saved you in your life now. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I lived a, a horrendous life. Um, I, was, I was molested at a young age. My father took his life just before I was born. That's where the suicide comes in at. And so did you, I, ever, I, did you ever think about taking your own life? I did. I did. But it was later on. And it wasn't until I started taking hormones and to, uh, getting little procedures done to to live as a transgender woman. And, you know, so I lived quite quite a quite a colorful life. At 14 years old, I was a runaway out on the streets of Philadelphia. I was a prostitute. I was transgender. I was buying female hormones from the same man I was buying my drugs from on the street and in the nightclub at 14. I was living in hotels and wherever I could lay my head at. And I was also HIV positive at age 14. And at that point, I went to my peers, the older transgenders, and I said to them, I'm HIV positive. What am I going to do? And they said, uh, so what? So are we. And the one that gave it to you didn't care. So don't you care who you give it to? Oh, wow. What did you think of that when that was said to you? Well, when that was said to me, it shocked me, but it was also, it was kind of like a, a an excuse, a good excuse, a confirmation to just go ahead and let my fury out because I was a 14 year old, angry, young, broken person. And so you felt people. like that was some relief, I guess, when that was said to you. But isn't that, isn't, aren't, aren't there, um, to sleep with somebody, first of all, HIV, and if you do that, aren't there laws against that? There used to be, actually. <laughs> and you, you get that, what I said, used to be, right? right. As of now, so most people do not have to disclose their, their um, status, um, if they're HIV positive or not. They do not have to tell anybody and if somebody gets infected then it's that person's fault for going out and sleeping with somebody wow. and that's in the law's eyes at this point you know 10 years ago you would have gotten um sent to prison exactly for attempted murder you know and so we're, this is the the world we live in right yeah. we have this we have this we have two extremes and the two extremes are the church with the Bibles and their bullhorns out there just condemning the whole world. And then we have the other extreme of this LGBTQIA plus STUVWXYZ movement that is being promoted by the left, by the far left. And, and when I say, and we, we, we all know that both sides, right and left, promote the LGBT um, agenda. 
However, the, the far left are the ones who are pushing the transgender movement, which is the movement. See, this movement isn't, it's not a community. The LGBTQIA plus movement is not a community. It cares not about the people who are a part of it. It is a huge, dark, wicked political mass of evil that promotes pride. It promotes murder or abortion. It promotes um, perversion. It promotes gender confusion. It promotes all of the things that are in opposition to God Almighty. And because of this, I can't stand, as a homosexual man of God, I cannot stand behind the LGBTQIA plus movement. Okay. All right. Uh, now, I want to ask you, uh, it's, you're still a gay man today, correct? Absolutely. Um, I was saved in 2009 from my deathbed with full-blown AIDS, infections in my brain, infections in my blood. Um <laughs> in and out of county jail, prison. I laid on my deathbed in my home, a hospital bed with hospice in place. I had no immune system. The virus took over my body, boils all over my body. I couldn't walk for, for up to two years without a walker because of the osteoporosis, which is commonly known as an elderly woman's disease, but that was from all the hormones. See, these are the things the doctors aren't telling these parents and these children that they're putting on puberty blockers and hormones, killing them, destroying their bodies. And that was when I picked up the word of God and the word of God spoke to me. It came alive to me. I, I sadly associated my, my freedom from transgenderism as a word that, that all of it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was just recently that I was able to grasp the concept through studying scripture that God's creation and my individual innate design are two different things. So I am a same-sex attracted or a homosexual man of God that embraces and walks in my same-sex attraction. Um, but I do not support the LGBT movement and I do not support the transgender movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so and I and I couldn't if anybody with morals and values, they absolutely could not support either of those movements. When you are a gay man and you you hear the conversation out there that uh, some would say you're born with this, uh, this need, male, male relationship, female to female relationship versus the way the Christian community would look at it, uh, David, where you a relationship between a man and a woman. Uh, talk to me about your your feelings about is this something that one is born with or is it a learned lifestyle? No, I, I believe I truly believe that it is not something See, we're all born into sin and we're shaped in iniquity and iniquity at its root means perversion. However, I don't think that same sex attracted or opposite sex attracted is a part of our fallen nature. And I don't think it's a part of the creation. We were created as beings. And although I know, you know, I hear the biggest thing is God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And guess what? That's correct. If he created Adam and Steve, none of us would be here. However, the church stands on the misconception that same-sex attraction or homosexuality is a threat to the nuclear family. And that's not true because homosexuality has been as, around as long as the nuclear family. And they both 
exist very well. The only thing that is a threat to the nuclear family is the left and all that they promote, the transgender movement, uh, you know, all of these things that they're promoting Mm -hmm. and, and trying to indoctrinate children with in schools and the government schools. So when I, when I get the question of, uh, you know, are you, are you saying that you're a homosexual Christian? Well, absolutely. And I believe that my being same sex attracted is absolutely no different than me liking peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. And yes, it's really true. I do like peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. You know, I believe it's just like that. It's a part of my own individual innate design. Okay. You don't believe then that God is judging us for our sexual preferences? No, I don't. Okay. I do believe that God is judging us for our perversions and for allowing these perversions. Okay to get to get to be where they are right now you know they're political movements and they have an agenda their agenda is to destroy your children yeah yeah let's talk about that right now i love the way you just phrased that and put that that uh he's not judging us for that but he and the way you qualified the the perversions uh really sums it up for me where your heart is on this david and what that really means and what is acceptable and what is not acceptable Now, there's a lot of roads to go down here when we talk about, like you say, the political operatives on both sides, the left and the right, and what they're up to. You talk about the far left and the way the indoctrination is happening in our school system, the way the uh, transgender is being promoted, pushed, and celebrated uh, in many, many ways. what what do they really want? What what are they up to? The 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 political folks and that far left. What what's the end goal for them? Well, I truly believe that the end goal is transhumanism. Um, it was the beginning and the end where the the serpent said to Eve, "You could be like gods." Transhumanism it gives us that same thing. So in the garden. It was, you can be like gods. And I believe that's where it's going. It's, they have destroyed so many children, their ability to procreate by confusing their minds and putting them on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. See, the word is very clear that we are created either male or female. There's no doubt about that. There's nothing in between, nothing outside. So what, of those. what about the people who say they that they they again the trans? They're they, is that part of the perversion? Because you absolutely okay, all right. Because there are those who say, well, I was born with the wrong body parts, and now and I want to get it right. And absolutely people- not true either. Because you know, God, God, God has created us in such a, a such a perfect design. It's it's so detailed and so uh, intricate because let me tell you, it's not just our genitals and it's not just our DNA that determines our gender or our sex because they're the same thing. You know, uh, they're not different, even though they've tried to make them two different things. So we have over 6,000 chromosome markers, each of us that make us specifically male or specifically female. Nobody is born in the wrong body. Gender dysphoria basically and literally means gender confusion. Confusion means there's something wrong. So once my confusion was cleared up, 
and I dealt with all of my issues, mm-hmm. I no longer wanted to disassociate from my very self and I no longer wanted to be what I was not. So let me ask you this. Uh, it sounds to me like you're really saying this is more of a mental condition for folks. And Absolutely. If it, if it is that, then, okay, if we've got that on the side here, and you as somebody who have gone through it, you're speaking from firsthand experience here. So you're not just ad-libbing from the hip here, you see, right? Oh, I'm, absolutely. Yeah. And I've dealt with over the last, so, you know, I spent over 30 years okay. dealing with um, in, the, in that community. So I know all of the, the horror stories of all the people that were my friends, But then in the last 11 years, as a man of God and doing ministry, I've been blessed to be able to work with people and to to get very close to people and see that they were too traumatized, confused and broken and they needed to be mended. And the only way to mend them was to deal with their confusion and all of the things that led up to that. Okay. All right. So if we if we've now qualified the fact that the, the, the strands community, I think you're also saying to me, we're, we're not, people are not born this way. You're saying, like you said, you we're defined as a man and woman, just look at all the intricate parts of the human body. And it wasn't an accident that God made you a man, right? Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or a woman or so on and so forth. Now, let me just clear one quick thing up. Is it, a, is it also, are you, because I don't know if you really answered that, are we born as gay or not that we like the opposite sex, or is that just a choice we make at some point because it, it's a preference? I think it's just a preference, just like our, our likes and our desires. Um, okay. I, do, I do believe that we are created in the image of God Almighty, mm-hmm. but that we also have our own individual design that determines our likes and our dislikes. I honestly, I don't believe, and and this is is what what really blows people's minds, is I spent 11 years studying the scripture in context from original words so that I could oppose homosexuality and my same-sex attraction. But by studying the word, it showed me that my same-sex attraction or my homosexuality was actually a part of my innate design. So I don't truly believe that God wants us to be same-sex attracted, but I honestly don't believe that he wants us to be opposite-sex attracted either. I think mm. that we put the want, that that emotion or that character, we put that into him trying to humanize him. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, I, I like what you just say there. Uh, but yet society puts the emphasis on the fact that you're doing it or you are. And the, the fact that you say, well, it's a choice I make. It's just like if I get up and I decide to have a peanut butter mayonnaise sandwich, it's because that's what I want. It's the same thing as this because well, it's a choice. And, and, God, and what you're saying back, I think, to the Christian community is, and listen, God is not going to damn me to hell uh, because I made a, just a choice. He gave me, fr- well, free will. We all have free will, David, to make our choices. That's right. And you're saying this is a choice you made and you're not going to hell for it and move on the conversation. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. I believe through study that our creation and our design are two separate things. And I think creation is just that, how we were created, but not what we were created for. We were created to praise and glorify our God. Our design is our individual design of who and what we are as individuals. I believe that God wants us to glorify him. 
I also believe that when sin entered the picture, right, that his good and perfect plan was not so good and perfect anymore. However, I don't believe that that changes the fact that his creation and our individual innate design are two different things. And I think you spell it out really, really well there uh, in a way that we can all understand. You cleared up a few things for me, actually. Now I have a pretty good sense of what you're saying and how we're born, what the human body is capable, and this whole push for trans, which has become this whole binary choice, pronouns, all of this. I mean, it's become so loud. It's deafening in our ears. And I see that because let me share with you, David, I have... um, two teenagers myself that are 17 and 18 and uh they um have i mean they've they've been on the case they knew far more about this topic than i ever knew in my life you follow me you know because of the school system mm-hmm. absolutely the school system was teaching them and really jamming it down their throat and both kids got really uh were on alert for this kind of stuff they also realized they were living in a leftist marxist world they're both conservative minded individuals by nature i mean they both are fans of, of donald trump for the reasons that they chose not me i don't i mean i don't tell them i don't tell anybody what to think or who to be you know they made their choices in their world and i bring that up because the school system did their damnedest to try to brainwash those kids and it didn't work in this particular case probably because they had a, a, a solid home life i'm guessing david what do you think most likely because that's the school right now. The curriculum is designed for that. You know, I, I always give this little, this little, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, but this little story of little Johnny, right? That, that mommy and daddy send Johnny off to school and there Johnny knows mommy and daddy love me. They love me. They want nothing but the best for me. They would die for me, kill for me, whatever. I'm their pride and joy. So Johnny is, knows that he's going to this institution to receive something, and he's going to receive it. So when he comes home and he says, hey, Ma, did you know that great-great-great-grandpa was a monkey? And did you know that his great-great-great-grandpa was pond scum? Mom says, no, Johnny, that's wrong. You were created. You have a creator. You, you did not evolve. You were created. So Johnny gets kind of like, you know, huffy and puffy, walks away thinking, wow, did I get it wrong or did they get it wrong? Now that Johnny comes home and says, hey, dad, I'm going to convert to Islam because it's a loving, peaceful religion. And dad says, "Uh, no, Johnny, let's take a walk because you need to know that Christianity is the only one true religion. And you need to know that Islam, they're terrorists and what they do to children. And then he explains it to him. Johnny walks away and says, wow, somebody's really getting this messed up here. This is all screwed up. And who am I to believe? So finally, you know, every y'all take Johnny to church one Sunday morning. You invite everyone in church to come over for a big old barbecue. And they do. And halfway through the meal, Johnny gets up on the table and he says, can I have everyone's attention? Don't call me Johnny anymore. Call me JJ. I'm gender fluid. My pronouns are Z, Zer, Zem, they, and them. And uh, now everybody's not looking at Johnny. Now they're looking at mommy and daddy saying, what's going on in your home, right? Mommy and daddy take Johnny for a walk and they say, "Uh, Johnny, boys have things. You're a boy. You can't be anything other than a boy. If you say you're not what you were created to be, you're calling God Almighty a liar you can't do that in this house. Johnny walks away and says, the hell with them. My teacher was right. I know more than my parents and there is no God. That's what we get from sending our children on that little yellow school bus to hell. Mm. 
it does appear to be what's happening in the education system and the indoctrination of these generations. Uh, we speak about this a fair amount, uh, David, on America Out Loud, from educators, teachers, uh, deans, uh, folks that are in the know. And it's alarming what is being discussed in the schoolroom, but it's also part and parcel why we're having the problems we're having today in society as a whole. Would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I've been blessed to go into the uh, a high school, a public high school in Columbus, Ohio, about four times. And I got to speak to four senior classes back to back each time. And they are so lost, so broken and so uneducated mm-hmm. as seniors. And all that they've been educated on okay. is how to be really good activists for the left. Mm. That's it. That's all they've been educated on. And, you know, it breaks my heart because there's so many in there that are believing that there is a gender spectrum. They 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 introduce them to the gender unicorn and the gender bread man in elementary school. You know, so if it's not the LGBTQIA plus um, curriculum they're trying to push, they're trying to push what? CSE, Comprehensive Sex Education, where does that come from? Well, besides it being funded by Planned Parenthood, it actually stems from the research of a mad scientist pedophile, Alfred Kinsey, you know, so why, who, who was supposed to be um, the founder of the sexual revolution by stating, after he molested numerous children ages three months up, uh, stating that children were sexual from birth. That's where comprehensive sex education came from. And that's why Planned Parenthood promotes it. And talking about Planned Parenthood, their new and largest funding and income comes from them giving puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to children without parental consent or um, knowledge. This is the same group that is high and promoting abortion. Absolutely. And then you have to begin to ask yourself, what, what is the product they're really selling? Very interesting. We're speaking to David Arthur here. And you, you hear what he just puts out there. And then you, you do have to ask yourself that question. What are they really selling at the end of the day? It, it, it really is, you know, there's a, there's a need. There's a thirst for power here and a thirst for control. And worse than that, my fellow Americans, there's a thirst to indoctrinate these generations And at some point that shift, and we're experiencing some of that now, it's taken over in society in ways we never thought possible. And and I think that's the takeaway I'm taking away from today's broadcast is how do we we change this trajectory? I'm gonna ask David that in a moment here, as well as I wanna get his opinions on the Equality Act, but you know, how do we change the trajectory of the education system and what he just expressed is the problem? You You see, it becomes a really, Sticky, sticky situation. That's where we find ourselves right now, you know. Let me also remind you all, HealthyCell.com. You hear it on the platform here all the time. Listen, I take HealthyCell. I've been taking it for about three and a half years. The product is incredible. Um, One of the products you've been hearing me talk about in recent days and weeks is the Immunity Super Boost. And it's because... You know, if there's a virus coming your way, whether it's COVID or some other flu-like thing or virus disease or God only knows what, uh, you know, we're all we're all at risk for whatever. The whole key to all of this is a healthy immune system, period. End of story. 
believe me, people, that's what it is. It also relates how we age in life, uh, our, our the health of our cells, in other words. That's where Healthy Cell comes in. That's why I like the product. I've been taking it, and I say for three and a half years, it's tremendous. Uh, the, the Immunity Super Boost has all of the products in there that you could absolutely just, I mean, it's got the zinc, it's got the euchanasia, it's got the D, the A, all of the things that you need uh, to fight the, the COVID here or for the immune system is what we're really speaking about. That's what it's all about. Anyways, check it out. Our listeners get 20% off healthycell.com forward slash out loud, or just click the banner ad over at americaoutloud.com. We're having an incredible conversation today. And I, I just, uh, I think it, it's, um, it's remarkable to be talking to these gentlemen and being able to uh, bring out the truth. And there's so much you read, you can just read into in between the lines here and the language and what we're saying. Um, and people who've lived this in real life experiences uh, can speak about the God's honest truth. And that's what you're hearing today on The Voice of a Nation. We'll pause. We'll see you on the other side. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. Today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. 
find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at Liberty at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty at AmericaOutloud.com. So you do have to begin to ask yourself, what, what, what are the motives? What are they really after? What is the desire for this uh, hush? You know, it, it started innocently enough with just, a, you know, the rainbow flag. And some people were offended that the rainbow was being hijacked into the LGBTQ plus community. And what does that really mean? But then there are a lot of other things that are being hijacked now as well. And you're, it's suggested that, you know, I guess it really comes down to whose rights are important. Yeah, like all these conversations we're having at the water cooler right now. So, you know, and I I guess I even wonder in a weird sort of way, if we had to be born again and come back or something else, what would you be born by? Would you be born as a, uh, like, I mean, as a black American or a white American or a gay American? Well, a, a black American has more rights today than a white American, for sure. Wouldn't you agree with that? And of course, then would it be a gay or a straight or who? Well, again, if you look at the societal shift, you're probably better off to be born as a, a black male that's gay. And you probably can move up the ladder quicker as well because you're accepted more. David Arthur, let's uh, have you opine on that. What do you think about that statement? I mean, if we had our druthers, if we could just go in like a vendor machine and pull the vendor down and say, listen, I want to be born as this God. I'd like it to be a black American and to be gay because I want all the rights I can possibly have. What does that sound like? Mm. You know, it sounds, it sounds heartbreaking to me is what it sounds, you know, that, that kind of ideology, right. It just represents pretty much like the equality act. It represents one of the most invasive threats to our Liberty as individuals who have God given rights, right. And so I have the right to to embrace my design or my same-sex attraction, my homosexuality. But does that mean that the church has the right to boot me out because they don't agree with me? Yeah, let me answer that for you. The answer is no. Uh, I grew up as a young man in the church that way, and quite frankly— uh, you know, I, I will tell you, David, many of the biggest hypocrites I ever met in my life were sitting in those pews in the church on Sunday morning. That's right. That's right. And I've been, you know, I've been, I've been blessed to see both sides of the spectrum. You know, I, I pounded it out hard for, for just over 10 years, um, you know, for the church, being the voice that many ministries wanted me to be traveling and doing all the wonderful things that they wanted me to do. And as I, again, you know, I have to, I have to always be clear that it was as I studied the scripture in context that I was blessed with this ability to embrace my design. And because of that, and, and I'm, I'm grateful 
for the life that I've lived. I'm grateful. People will say, what? Oh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that, that I was allowed to make those free will choices to become transgender, to become a prostitute, to, to infect people with HIV, to all of those things that I did. I'm blessed to have made those choices. Why? Because they've given me an insight for such a time as this where I can stand up and go to them. And when I see them on the street, I, I talk to them and I tell them I was trans and they can't argue with me and tell me that they're happy yeah. because I know that they're not. And at the same time, the rainbow, the rainbow that the, the LGBT movement uh, uses, it does not stand for homosexuality. It stands for pride. And the scripture says that pride goeth before the fall. You know, I've agreed with about everything you've said, except I'm going to disagree with you on something right now, my friend. And that is that, well, first of all, I, listen, there's an important point to make here. And it's so important. It really should be a highlight, highlight of this program. It is vitally important, each of us as a human being, that we embrace our past and we live in today's moment, not yesterday's moment. And I say this respectfully, growing up with so many others as a young lad, and I've seen the problems of people who lived in yesteryear. They spent all their time in fear and worrying about what happened. I love the fact, David, that you say, well, no, I'm, I'm glad I went through all of this, and I embrace all that. And that is absolutely the right way to, you don't live in regrets. Live for, live for today, and today will bring us to tomorrow. You, you can't live in the past, and you certainly shouldn't live in the future either. You should live in the moment. Celebrate Absolutely. the moment of life, right? Be, be balanced in that moment. Make it the best moment you can be. But having said that, the only thing I'm going to push back at, and I'm wondering if you will clarify further, that the only thing I do disagree with is, and it's a technical point, but it's one that's important to me, the fact of infecting other people with HIV without telling them, I think is wrong on so many levels. It is absolutely wrong. Um, I would not do it again. Okay, However, now you just qualified that. Now, thank you for that, my friend. Yes, thank you, yes. because you, you, you misspoke yeah. five minutes ago, then you misspoke. Right. No, I would not do it again. I would not do that again. However, what I'm saying is I am blessed to have been able to make those choices, right. those free will choices with my lost, broken, corrupt, perverted, twisted mind at that time. And to now know, you know, I, I speak to women now and I tell them because most of the men that were my clients had wives and girlfriends and families. And so I get to speak to women now and tell them, you know, about what the down low is and, and what discreet means to some men and how men hide it and how, you know, that's how it happens. That's how women get infected from their husbands because their husband or husbands are out, you know, gallivanting around. So, and, yeah. and by the way, and by the way, that's acceptable to people, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So now that's a, so no, hold on. That's so acceptable in the Christian community and in the, in the, in yeah. the church pew, isn't it? Oh yeah. The church doesn't, doesn't, they don't address uh, couples living together. They don't address a divorce and they stay away from abortion too. I mean, so. I, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we could understate that and say hypocrisy, but why, why, why go there? Right. I mean, by golly. Absolutely. You know, I believe that there's right now, I believe that there's a remnant coming out of the remnant. 
Um, you know, I believe that there are people that are coming out and gathering. There are a lot of people. I had a huge following. And, and when I came out and decided I was going to embrace my, my homosexuality, my same sex attraction, when I did that, I lost 95% of my uh, funding and probably more than half of my subscribers. However, I'm okay with that. Because I surrounded myself for 11 years with people who believe the exact opposite of what I believe now, you know, so I could only expect that and I don't get mad at them. Um, however, a lot of them are coming back and they're listening and they're saying, you know what, that's going to be between you and God. I want to talk about what's going on with the transgender movement. Why are they targeting children? Why are there drag queens in my library trying to read corrupt stories to my children? That's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to lock on. Amen. Two, two things I want to bounce at you here. I don't want to forget. I, I love the way you just said that's between me and my God. Now, let me ask you this here. It has always offended me as a Christian conservative myself. It has always offended me that political people and the Republican Party specifically had pushed back on any particular group. I do not think they should be in the position of playing God. I've always thought this as a young man, I think it today. Uh, so uh, in other words, it is between one's choices between them and their God, and period, end of story. But yet there's qualifiers in order to join the church, you have to do this, that you have to check the boxes. You understand, David, you have to check the boxes. Absolutely. And if you don't check the boxes, you can't belong. And I know this because I was in church many days as the, in the, in, a, in the Protestant church, very, very uh, strict in the, in the Nazarene religion, the Nazarene, very, very strict. You, you can't dance, you can't smoke, you can't drink. Uh, you can't do a lot of things and belong to the church back then. I don't even know what it is this moment here, but uh, <laughs> but you couldn't do a lot of things. That about flushed out the human race at that point because the ones in the church in the pew were doing the same thing. They just lied through their teeth. Amen. Yeah. And you know, I tell you what, uh, Malcolm, I'm telling you, when uh, I can't even go to the LGBT church because I won't support or get behind their their flying the rainbow flag and they're celebrating pride and they're they're promoting abortion and and they're promoting gender confusion i won't get behind that either you know so for me when i get fellowship i'm all in <laughs> yeah well you know what's impressive about you david is this you give things you have given this conversation the things we're talking about today you've given this a lot of thought i mean you, you, you have given, given all of these, these topics, very soulful thought, haven't you? Absolutely. For 11 years, I have, I have delved into the word and I have looked at things in context and, you know, all of the, 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 the wonderful passages that are used to try to throw up in, in the face of a homosexual or a lesbian. And I look at all those passages and I wanted to see them in, in, in depth, in, in context, because I wanted to understand it. And I said, you know, God, if, if this is not good, if this is evil and wicked, then I don't want to be it. And I will resist and I will do whatever you want. But then as I, as the word came even more alive to me and I got to see it in context, I got to see that, wow, you know, all of the things that are used to, to uh, oppose or to combat homosexuality 
they're not one, they're not used in context. And two, most of the time, they're not even, they don't even say what we say that they say if we actually read them and look at the words. So, you know, I've done 11 years and Mm -hmm. it is what it is at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, it is, it is what the truth is. And you obviously are in pursuit of the out loud truth, David. And, and that's a beautiful thing. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's okay that we fail and we fall down and, and scrape our knees it's how we deal with, in fact, quite frankly, David, I would suggest to you, those moments of low and those moments of failure in our life are often, most always, the best opportunities moving forward. Absolutely. They're learning points. And so, like, because, I mean, I've, I've been, I've I put together a guide um, and it's uh, six methods and six purposes for those methods. And it just kind of helps us to discover our true identity in Jesus the Christ. And as I did that, I realized that we have to look at all of our failures mm-hmm. and everything, all of our, all of our downs, right? Mm-hmm. And we have to examine them and be very transparent about them. Because if we're not, then we don't really, we can't learn from them if we're not going to examine them and be transparent. Yep. Yep. Send me that guide and email if you can. And let's do something about that. That might be something we do in the future, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to see your your recommendations in those six uh, levels that you speak about here. Very, very interesting. I want to now drive back to a big point here, David, and talk about the Equality Act Mm. and talk about what they're up to uh, when we talk about, well, as you've laid it out very well here in a very compelling case, talking about the word perversion, perversion, which is really disgusting, which is the lowest form of humanity, which is really Satan's game, which is the fight of good and evil, which is what we're really talking about here, David. Absolutely. You know, let me tell you this. So just this morning on my own live stream, I said to everybody who was same-sex attracted, I said, listen to me, if you are a part or involved with this movement, get away from it because it means you no good. This movement and the left has have come together to become one of the largest, darkest masses of wickedness that we've ever seen on the face of this earth. But this Equality Act, it has the church and has people believing that it's it's same sex attracted um, oriented and it's not. It is transgender oriented. It is anti-Christian oriented. It is pro-destruction oriented and anti-church oriented. See, those are the things that I clearly see in the bill, right? Yeah, what you're describing, it's another smoke and mirrors game from the far left Marxists. Absolutely, absolutely. Because if the bill passes, then, then some man some bearded man in a ball gown with makeup on can walk into your congregation, Mm -hmm. go into the woman's room with your granddaughter Mm -hmm. and then apply for a job and shame on you if you don't hire him. See, we're being forced in society to accept a certain lifestyle, whether you agree or not. And you know, this whole thing about back when we were growing up as kids, David, there was this whole thing called the closet. You remember the closet? 
Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been in and out of it a few times. <laughs> exactly. Well, you have that. That's got a, sometimes it's got an evolving door on it, right? A revolving door. <laughs> yes, it does. And, but the whole closet thing. But now today there is no closet. It's all out in Main Street. It's all out on Main Street, and, and, and which is all fine and good. But listen, here's the problem with Main Street is they force their Main Street beliefs on everybody else. And if you don't like it, well, you have to you, you have to agree the way I agree. And that comes mm -hmm. back to the overpopulation of the flag and the over the corporate yes. entities. And but right now, David, you've got the whole woke crowd and Coca-Cola up front there. And you've got this whole thing. They're jamming down your throat and it's everywhere. And or they'll call you out and say you're a racist, xenophobe, or you're a homophobic or you're, you don't accept my values in life and you're wrong. You know, Malcolm, there is a, a large, very large, a huge group of people who don't um, that are same sex attracted and don't fly the rainbow flag and don't march in their. Uh, in other words, they, they, they live their life the way they want to live their life and, and, and without having to uh, ask for everyone's endorsement. Absolutely. You know, it's just like when I was when I was transgender, I used the woman's room because nobody knew hmm. I didn't have to ask for a special right to do it. Right. You know, so that wasn't really about transgenders using the their whatever sex they identify as it was about strictly letting men in women's bathrooms you know and women in men's bathrooms that's yeah. all it was about it was about forcing something down people's throats and forcing them to comply which the word is very clear it says do not conform to the things of this world we look up conform in the 1828 it's do not comply to yeah. the things of this world David, what do they? What is their end goal? T take a moment now. Think, think about this. This is important. What is their end goal? Number one, and two, how do we kick back? Hmm. So I think the end goal is so that I. Okay, so the the next goal is for a pedophile movement to rise up. I believe that's the next goal. See, once they can push the transgender movement and once your eight-year-old can decide their gender, then your eight-year-old will be will have rights above parents' rights like it is in Canada. And then that eight-year-old will be able to choose their own sex partner or partner regardless of their partner's age. So I believe that there's going to be a pedophile uh, uprising movement and then from that, I believe it's going to be transhumanism. They're going to say, hey, everybody, that vaccine didn't work, but take this vaccine because you'll be able to live forever and be your own God. You'll be like gods because that's what everybody's doing right now. They're all the God of their own little universe. And when we sit back and I see this movement being pushed and pushed and pushed, this is not uh, same-sex uh, attracted individuals. Mm -hmm that are that are doing this this is the a political wicked evil mass of mo a mass movement that is using the youth especially as pawns puppets to fight its battle and to further its agenda we've all been bamboozled we've all been indoctrinated and used and abused and tossed to and fro by this movement in some way shape or form all of us how do we kick back <laughs> 
we start standing up and speaking out and we start saying, hey, you are a boy. You can't be a girl. It's impossible. What happened to you? What happened to make you want to not be who and what you were created to be? And then we start going to the libraries and we drag the queens out of story time because they don't belong in the public library around the children. And then we start going to the school board meetings and we say, listen, either you nix this LGBT curriculum, you take this transgender garbage out, or we pull our kids out and we actually do what we're supposed to be doing and homeschool our children. And maybe we start going to town halls and we start standing up and going to the, to the city halls and to the courthouses and we start doing something and being a voice and saying, no, we won't do this. We won't comply to that. This is not of God. And this movement is targeting preying on and devouring your children and your grandchildren while everybody is sitting back worried about their space up on fake book. And if we don't do what you're saying, the recipe, this sort of what's happening in society right now, David, becomes the new normal, really is the new normal. It's the slow creep. It is the frog in the pot. And then, like you say, then it's the transhumanism next and it's the next vaccine of whatever. And I think there's been a big experiment since the uh, COVID uh, uh, theater program play we've had here nationally, uh, COVID, um, is sort of been the opening act to see how far can we push Americans and how much will they, um, you know, uh, subscribe to the uh, theories and the uh, demands that we put forth and how they live their lives. Pretty frightening, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was it was. I mean, a virus is a virus, right? There's been viruses for thousands of years. Um, if everybody was actually maybe subjected to it, we'd have a, a tolerance to it. But this was just, it wasn't about a virus. It was about a political move of power. It was a power move to see just how many people would bend over for them and take it quietly and then follow their directions. That's what it was about. I mean, I am, look, I go into places now and people ask, do, are, have you been vaccinated? And I look at them and I'm like, what would I do that for? Mm-hmm. Amen. What would you do that for? Do you have a death wish? Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, if you look, <laughs> yeah, you're spot on there. Uh, David, how are you feeling health-wise? How's your health? How are you doing today? Well, my health is amazing, uh, Malcolm, and, and that's one of the miracles um, of God is that when I got saved 11 years ago, I went from um, having a viral load that took over my body to having a viral load that could not be detected. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so I have, I have also tested negative um, in anonymous tests, but of course, my doctor just says undetectable, we can't detect the virus in your system, not even a part of it. And, you know, so I, I attribute that all to God and my bone density is better than that of a man my age should be at this point. I'm walking, running, swimming. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I had a feeling. I never I, I never asked you. In fact, before you and I came on, we didn't talk about any of this, did we? 
No, we didn't. I had no idea what we talk about, really. But I ask you because I had a feeling. I just had a gut feeling, David, that somehow you've been um, healed or cured from within. And it yes, really he is. has touched me. He rose yeah. me up. And I believe yeah. that, you yeah. know, he rose me up for a time such as this to actually yeah, be, be a voice. Yeah. Of, yeah. of reason and balance because yeah. we need balance right now. Oh, no, we do. We do. Well, your mind and your soul are very healthy. I can hear it in your body language right now. See, the thing, the thing I love about talk radio, by the way, is you can't hide your authenticity. You either are or are not. Amen. Yeah. And, and listeners will hear it and they'll know. And you are about as authentic as they come. And even when I pushed back on that one point, you qualified it immediately. Said, "No, no, no. This is what I meant. I know exactly what you meant. And that's why." I, and I wanted to make sure that was qualified because you know what I didn't want to hear later is some listeners say to me, "Well, you know, but he did say that." No, 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 no. That's why right, we qualified right. that point because I, I kind of figured your heart was in a different place. And now we need to qualify that. Absolutely, uh, I'm glad you actually caught it and we were yeah. able to clarify it. Yeah, but I do get what you mean about the past and all of that. What is your website, brother? Um, I belong, amen.com. I belong, amen.com. Yeah. And all of this will be when it does go to podcast after you hear it on talk radio, uh, we'll have the links in there. Now, David's book as well will be in the America Out Loud bookstore as well, my friends. And you can pick it up there. Refined, revisited and revised understanding the same sex attraction. And he puts it out there in the way that you're hearing right now. Uh, I'm sure it's a remarkable read. Uh, so privileged to have uh, David author here and talk about this story. I belong amen.com. You know, I learned so much today. I've been enlightened. I hope you have been out there as well uh, between the authenticity of, of a David author and George uh, Carneal, uh, in the early part of the program. Uh, and, uh, you know, you really come away with a sense of what's going on here. Uh, these are very unique individuals, uh, very unique in the fact that they're real, they step out in the light of truth, uh, and they're willing to speak truth in the way that uh, you don't often hear today as much. It's a beautiful thing to hear that in the neighborhood, my friends. It truly, truly is uh, remarkable. I am absolutely positive this will not be the last conversation we have, uh, for sure. It is a pleasure having them here. My friends, to understand and to fix the problems, we must understand what the problems are in society. It's vital, vitally important. We see the indoctrination. We, we see what's happening with the generations. It was just laid out there so eloquently uh, from George and David in ways that I could not have done myself. If I'd got on here just for the program and tried to spout to you everything I thought I knew about it, well, we, we would have missed some real opportunities. The time today was better spent with people who've lived in this life. They understand what the rules of the road are. They know what the dangers are, but they're also concerned with what the motives are of those people that are looking after our children. That's the warning message from all of this. That slow creep that's happening, if we don't put an end to it right now, as David was suggesting, there'll be a price to pay for this. He mentioned the school boards and the local communities. He's 100% right. I think George said that as well, and a lot of other people are saying that to me today. Stop sitting on the sidelines. Stop thinking it doesn't matter. Stop thinking you can't make a difference. I mean, the only way to actively score and be part of any game is to be involved in the game. Well, this is called the game of life. And it is the game of this generation and the generations to come. Well, America finds itself in a weird place right now. 
very, very weird, but the opportunities are many. The opportunities are many to get it right. And that's what we need to do next. My fellow Americans, thank you for joining me on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud.